Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks for joining us for the next three hours. As always, you can text in, share your thoughts and comment on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. We always appreciate hearing from you. Always fun to hear some of your thoughts. We'll get to a lot today. Joe Person going to be joining us at 1220. So he's going to talk about the draft recap. Jason Sobel, golf writer from the Action Network. Always awesome to hear from whenever we do have the Wells Fargo Championship in town, whenever they are going to Quail Hollow, and then we'll have Willie P a little bit later on as well at 145 to talk Charlotte FC. Real quickly before we dive in and before we get off of the bus, we were walking on the way up here because we're going to be out at Quail Hollow for the next three days. I mean, we're going to be setting up camp over there. It's actually the longest consecutive streak of being out on remote in my radio career. Three days, quite a bit. So we're going to be setting up we're camp. camping out, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun. And I think the plan is for either me or for us, whatever, to carpool to Quail Hollow because of limited parking spaces. And it makes sense. But if I have to come back to the studio, it's just so much closer to where I live. The golf course is. So I would be going out of my way if we have to carpool. And then I thought, well, maybe if Fiddy is going to ride with me, then he could just come to my house and park at the driveway. But then Fiddy got really excited about me sharing my address with him. And that made me nervous. And it's something I, I should have thought about before. I was just thinking logically, okay, you can just come to the house and then we can just roll into the golf course. It'll all be fine. But then he got, oh, you're going to send me the Addy? And then he started rubbing his hands together like Mr. Burns. Wow. And that was a little scary. The question now is for you and the text line, should I give Fiddy the Addy? Is that worth it, or do I just need to go ahead and make the trek here to the station and then go the opposite direction back to Quail Hollow? I don't know, Wes. What would you do in this Well, situation? if somebody reacts like that to getting my address, unless it's a beautiful woman, if I was a single man, I would uh, not give them the Addy. <laughs> it's, it's a little scary. And you've been getting yourself on the on the line here with the relationship talk lately. No, you like, know, we, you just have to preface it. My woman knows what time it is. She knows you know, I'm not going anywhere. We good over here. <laughs> well, I got scared. I got scared as soon as I heard. Is there a reason you reacted that way, Fiddy? And should I be scared of your reaction to uh, maybe, maybe sending you the address? No, because, you know, I have the address to a lot of different hosts here at the station. I've been at, I was just at Kyle's house this morning helping him load up some stuff. Mm-hmm. When Nick Wilson was my host, I went to Nick's house, watched his dog a, f- a few times. I've been to Max. It's a great step in the right direction for our radio relationship. You're going to want to come into the house, though. 
That's I mean, the problem. I, I do want to see the fish. <laughs> you want to see the aquarium. I want and 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 I, I want to meet Guinness. Yeah, Guinness is a legend. He's a problem, but he oh man, he ruined my girlfriend's shoe yesterday. Ruined <laughs> it. And this is a shoe that just came in. She ordered it online and it was in just three days ago. Destroyed it. <laughs> and she was not happy when I came back home. I felt the not not that she was going crazy by any means. She was angry for a good reason, but she was not happy with the beagle. With the I beagle baby, I couldn't even begin to think of a dog messed up my shoe. Like. Can you can you imagine ordering a new pair of Jordans, and then the dog three days after ordering said pair of Jordans just destroying them to the point where you can't wear them? That's that's rough. Ooh. Now they were. I don't think these shoes were <laughs> worth two hundred bucks or right, anything right, right. like that. But still, it would be a problem. That would be pretty hard. So we'll see, Guinness. Be a good boy today. I promise. Uh, if if you are, then I'll give you a cookie. All right, let's get. <laughs> Off of the bus, bus driver, open up the doors. Let's hear some Scott Fitter audio. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. It's really been Scott Fitterer Day the last couple of days here on the station. He joined Kyle Bailey yesterday, had a bunch of great audio, and then did the same thing this morning with Mac and Bone. So we're going to comb through some of that in the first segment and a little bit later on in the show. Let's hear from the Panthers GM discussing how he can feel the excitement around town and how they're heading the right direction. He spoke about that this morning. There is a real excitement around the town, around the team right now. And we want that. We're trying to build a team that people can be proud of and you know not only is it just really good players it's good people i think we're heading in the right direction right now so i'm really excited about this upcoming year it feels like the buzz is something different than we've seen in quite some time around carolina it goes to them having this awesome off season and what is i don't know about historic i don't know how hyperbolic i'm being but it's a pretty significant moment when your team gets the number one overall pick and drafts a qb with the potential of that qb being the franchise guy for years to come well when you think about it too you talk about like some of the flagship franchises cowboys 49ers Steelers, some of those teams and you expect off seasons like that but when you are with a team like the panthers and the panthers have put together some pedigree since they've been around been to a couple Super Bowls things like that but I think that when you're sitting in Scott Fitterer's seat right now you have to be excited about what you've done and and the possibilities of it because you don't have many off seasons like this to fall back on and he's done a really great job so far and then coming off of the heels of finding what should be his franchise quarterback he has to be feeling good right about now and it's it's been a long time since we've we felt very good about the direction carolina was headed i'm trying to think if we had all of the positivity in the world when they hired matt rule i think people were in favor of it when they hired matt rule but i don't know if you had this kind of feeling of such a complete change in direction because it wasn't a disaster with ron rivera Right. We had some very good years with Ron Rivera at the helm and it just got a little stale. They had second half collapses in consecutive seasons. And so it just felt like more a time to move on rather than, oh, thank God he's gone. It wasn't the sense of relief. We have a big old sense of relief. Thank God Matt Rule is gone. And now you have your head coach in place. That does seem like a professional where you have all of the other coaching staff hires like a Jim Caldwell, like a Josh McCown. We've done this a million different times. 
Plus, now having the most accomplished college quarterback in the last couple of years, Bryce Young is now a Carolina Panther. So it does feel like just as far as a stark difference from one year to another and then feeling like you might be right on the precipice of that, it's it's hard to go back and match that feeling when you look at recent history, whether it be the Charlotte Hornets or the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and so the great thing about it is just the fact of you know, it just feels like the best is yet to come. The, the, the buzz in this city for this team is, is through the roof right now, man. And so it's just you just can't put it into words the job that he has done. And now he just have has to wait and see. We'll see exactly how much of the, all of this can come to fruition. I want to go to the Matt Corral post here because we've talked about that a little bit. But now, not only are you adding players, but now you might be subtracting, right? Now Matt Corral might be a guy that you trade. Here's Scott Fitterer talking about Matt Corral's post when Matt Corral did talk about how he wants to be in a place where he's wanted. He wants to be valued. He would take down the post. Here's the Panthers GM, Scott Fitterer. People react the way they react. Matt's a competitor, and uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah hasn't said anything to me and you know i called his agent no issues at all as far as i'm aware the post would certainly suggest that (laughs) (laughs) i mean the post would certainly suggest that there was a problem so i i just kind of want to use that to get into a bigger picture convo matt corral is he the guy that you most likely see leaving the team via trade and and look we're already past a lot of the movement that you would have guys exiting the organization at this point of the offseason in anyway but I, i don't get the sense that you have a lot of pressure for other players based off of guys that were drafted, right? So you draft DJ Johnson, YGM, but we all knew that he was going to have pressure whether they draft the defensive end or not. Right. So if you draft Jamie Robinson, he's a fifth-round pick. We already know the safety depth that they have on this team. You get Jonathan Mingo. Terrace Marshall's the other one. I think that has quite a bit of pressure to perform, but it seems Terrace Marshall, Matt Corral, those might be the guys you think of. Okay, who could be on the outs or at least be potentially on the outs with some of the players that they drafted this selection process? Corral and Marshall are the first to come to mind. Yeah, he's been so busy just enjoying his offseason success. Fitter is that he's completely oblivious, I guess or just not wanting to tell the media because clearly Matt Corral is not happy. You've told him in every which way except telling him to his face that he's done here in Carolina. I mean, outside of an injury happening in training camp, this is the only way that he's really going to get a chance to see the field. So he has a note from the tweets and everything else and just common sense would tell you Matt Corral is not a happy camper in Carolina. All right, let's go to the text line. Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Dr. J, he wrote in, great nickname, he wrote in on Fitty Might Learning My Address. He said, what's the problem? Smithers has a Mr. Burns home address. I don't like seeing myself as Mr. Burns. (laughs) One, I'm not old and decrepit. Two, I don't think I'm as evil as Mr. Burns. I don't think so anyway. (laughs) Maybe Fitty would disagree. Talk sports guy, he had a text in. Can you guess what that is, Fitty? Can you guess what text he might have wrote in? I'm going to go out on a limb and say talk sports guy. Text it in. Talk sports. Oh, you nailed it. That's excellent. You got both of those words correct. Michael, the 49er fan, our guy, he wrote in the Beagles, man. They love shoes. My slippers were gone really fast. Yes, you have to make sure that you hide the shoes. And 704 number wrote in. That's on the fools leaving the shoes where the dogs can get them. That's true, too. I mean, look. You can't keep up with it all the time. Sometimes you're going to have a shoe on the ground. Now, the Jordans, they are away. They are in a room where the door is shut, and 
Luckily, the Beagles don't have opposable thumbs, and so he's not going to get in there. You're right. We can take responsibility for it, but sometimes it's still very frustrating. 704 also said, nah, it was 100% a relief when Rule left. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were talking about it being that when Rule left. Maybe they meant Ron Rivera. It wasn't 100% relief when Rivera left, right? It was just, it was time to move on. You might have wanted to change. Yeah, it was kind of like, like an amicable split. Yeah, I mean, that that era wasn't awful by any means. You had a Super Bowl run out of it. You had the three straight division titles. So you had playoff appearances under Ron Rivera. You just had second half collapses that were happening too much and they couldn't figure it out the last couple of seasons with Rivera to have some of that success. Amicable split. I don't think Ron Rivera wanted to go. I do think Tepper was right to give him the exit press conference. But Ron, boy, I mean, in that press conference, he was talking about, hey, remember, we didn't have Cam Newton. He was giving us quite a bit of excuse. It didn't seem like he wanted to leave, which is understandable. Yeah, and luckily for them, coming off of the firing of Matt Rule, they didn't continue to show dysfunction because they were trending there with the way things were looking. uh, Things just weren't making a lot of sense as far as what they were doing. But they really brought it back around and really got this thing going in the right direction because it's some franchises, man. They just continue to stack on the dysfunction, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter. They can't buy any good luck. Well, what's great is the Carolina Panthers have really turned a new leaf here, and it does look like they're heading towards all of the function, getting rid of the dysfunction out of this organization. Hopefully it all comes to fruition this season. Help talk more about it. Joe Person of The Athletic, he joins us on the other side, the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And we need to talk about his mock draft, by the way, because he freaking nailed it. We'll get to all of that in in just the uh, next segment. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Continuing to look at the Carolina Panthers draft, of course, starting with the number one overall pick. And who better to talk about that than Joe Person of The Athletic? Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person. Joe joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I mean, we got to talk about the mock draft, Joe. I mean, look, you look at the four picks that you nailed, right? It wasn't exactly right there at the exact spot. You expected some of these players to go, but you had the Panthers taking Bryce Young one, Mingo in round three, Chandler Savala as well, and you even had DJ Johnson, except a little bit later, he got drafted earlier, but you got four of the five picks there. I mean, Joe, this this has to be the best mock draft you've ever done in your life. It is. It is, man. I, I hope it makes up for the years, uh, the ones where I've <laughs> like maybe went one for seven. 
Uh, I've typically been pretty good with with the first rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this year was this year. I think we all got the first rounder right. Um, and frankly, I think they should have drafted DJ Johnson when I had them drafting him in the fifth round, <laughs> and, I, and then I would have nailed that one in terms of uh, the the right guy at the right spot. But you know, it, it, I, I think a lot of it was was just. That was some lucky stuff. I mean, I, I I was sort of obviously looking at their needs, looking at some of their the, the the pro days they went to, some of the guys they had in for top thirty visits, and you know, and, and some of these uh, like the Zavala, the Zavala guy. I just thought that was a cool story. Mm-hmm. Like get him in, put him next to Icky again, and and let them you know run amok on the left side of the offensive line potentially. So it was fun. I mean, I I know. I, I kind of was going uh, back and forth a little bit on Twitter yesterday with Bill Bose, who was kind of poking uh, beat writers mock drafts, and I sent a link to to the yeah. one, and, and he did not <laughs> he did not respond. I don't even know if he if he if he read it. You hear that, Bill? It, it was all in good fun. You hear that, Bill? Joe Person isn't missing on mock drafts. A daddy move of the draft. Drafted players, Joe Person nailed maybe at different spots, but we we got it right. And you're right, Joe. Like at the end of all of this, I think most of us did have Carolina taking Bryce Young number one overall. We had the C.J. Stroud drama. We flirted with Anthony Richardson just for a little bit. How early did you feel Bryce was the guy, and when were you ready to go all in on him being the first pick? You know, it, it, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it was right right away. Mm-hmm. I I think like a lot of us. I was connecting the dots to big quarterbacks and Frank Reich. And frankly, I think that's kind of what the conversations were in the building. Like Frank Reich on Thursday night, I asked him, I said, did you need some convincing on this? And he said, you know, he said, I hear, and he laid it out. I appreciated how he kind of took us behind the scenes. And he said, second week he was here. They're having like the pre-combine meeting. And he listened as Scott Fitter and the scouts went around the room. And the question Fitter posed was, if we go up to number one, who would you want? And it was anonymous, excuse me, unanimous, um, that it was, that it was Bryce. Well, after that meeting or at the end of it, Fitter says to, to Reich, look, you take your time. You, you know, we don't need, you know, we don't need to hear your answer right now. And I think that tells, it, it, it told me anyway, that I think Reich might have been leaning towards Stroud at that point, or at least had an open mind and was, you know, wanted to go through the process. He was definitely not, yes, let's go do Bryce Young right now. And, you know, it was the end of February, you know, so, so he didn't need to be there quite yet, but. I thought that was fascinating. Um, so after the pro days, to, to get back to your question, I, I, you know, you started hearing from people around the league just like who had been at both pro days, who had been at all of them for that matter. And, they, and, and I was having people text or call me and say, I think it's Bryce. I mean, and these are, these are smart people who have been in the NFL a long time. And, uh, and, and I do think that's when they started to get convicted. Then the S2 score, of course, mm-hmm. like that whole thing. And it, it just, 
it really started leaning heavily in Bryce's favor. Well, and Joe, I want to go back to that conversation between Reich and Fitterer. I mean, for so long, when Scott Fitterer was hired as the GM, we had the conversation trying to speculate. You guys were trying to report on just how the power structure was within that organization. Okay, Matt Rule, 51% contractual control over the roster if it comes down to a final say. Can you, can you I don't know, get a sense on the difference between how maybe a Reich and Fitterer are working together right now compared to how Fitterer and Matt Rule were working together in the previous regime? You know, in fairness, Scott Fitterer, and, and, part, and, and I don't say this as a negative, he is a consensus builder type of dude. Like, that was his reputation when they hired him. Like, he, he's a guy that, that people like working with and for him. And I, I think he made it work with Rule. I mean, I, I, I do think sometimes uh, Matt would, would sort of talk. Um, I, I think he would convince Tepper and Fitter that let's, most recently – that hey let's let's make a play for Baker Mayfield. We need this guy, and 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 he did if if he if he wanted to come down to it could as you say pull the contractual uh, trump card. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever really got to to that point because I I you know I Fitter has said that he he liked working with Matt. They had a decent and a, a good relationship, and I believe him. And um, I, I I just think though that that. Rule had pretty strong convictions, uh, you know, uh, and strong convictions briefly that would change like within a year and all the flip-flopping of quarterbacks. I, I think Fitter had made it clear all along that his preference would be to draft and develop a guy. Now, they weren't necessarily there the last couple. Like, they went to pro days last year, and they took Matt Corral but didn't do it, as you know, until the third round. So, I mean, it wasn't like – they they felt great about Mac Jones or Justin Fields, you know, the year before that. I mean, they did their homework. It's just I think this year it all kind of came together that they felt good about the couple guys at the top of this draft. Joe Person on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person. Now, they took Jonathan Mingo in the second round at 39th selection. Were there any other receivers that the Panthers coveted that they would have selected had Mingo been gone? Yeah, it's a great question. I I don't know. Uh, I you know I know they went and, and scouted John. Uh, excuse me, uh, Downs, Josh Downs, at at North Carolina. I think they had some other receivers in. Um, a lot of people were looking at outside the building. We're looking at Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, but they felt pretty good about Mingo. I mean, it's it. The history and the track record of, I'm sure you guys have discussed this, Ole Miss second-round receivers has been pretty impressive when you're talking about A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Obviously, Mingo did not have their production in college to match those guys, but he's got a heck of a skill set, that size-speed combination. Um, he's a possession type receiver with strong hands at the point, you know, kind of at, at the point of, of attack on, on jump balls. And, uh, and, and, and he, he's got the opportunity to, as he said, <laughs> take a five yard hitch and turn it into an 80 yard touchdown. He does have, um, you know, uh, yards after catch capabilities, big time, not unlike LaVisca Chanel. So, 
I thought it, I just think it's cool. You know, we we've seen this in 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 recent drafts with uh, with with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, uh, Pickett and Pickens at Pittsburgh. But but for to to pair a a, a first round quarterback with a with a wide receiver in his rookie class have them have an opportunity to develop some chemistry kind of, you know, mature and develop together. I think that can be pretty special. Uh, doesn't always work, but, but I, I like the pick of, of Nico. And then how much did the presence of Israel Evero play into them taking DJ Johnson? Because they've taken a lot of heat for that pick. And what do you think that they saw in him to take him where they did? Well, they just saw the tools and the traits and I, they did this. Uh, remember, at the end of last year's draft, I think it was both of the, both of these guys were third day. Uh, Brandon Smith and Amari Barno, guys who Smith at Penn State, Barno at Virginia Tech. You look at their stat sheet and think, mm, you know, but then you look at their like combine numbers, and they were like among the fastest guys at their position, and and you know, great, you know, just certainly passed the eye test physically. Uh, and and their traits had out outperformed their their college production, and I I think DJ Johnson is is in that same boat. Um, the thing that you, you get concerned about is they always talk about best player available that we're gonna we're gonna set up our board we're gonna we're gonna take care of as many needs as we can in free agency so that we're not reaching during the draft. And it just felt like DJ Johnson was a reach. I, I mean, I think it's almost universally agreed upon now that, and, and Scott Fitter said, look, we were, there was a little run on, on defensive ends, edge rushers in the third round. He was one of the last edge guys still on our board. We went up and got him and it, it, it might work out. Um, the, 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 the thing that would trouble me a little bit is that DJ Johnson Spent six years in college, one at Miami, five at Oregon, and he's still considered a raw prospect at 24. That's a red light for me. And and then when you look at the depth that the Panthers have at safety, what type of role do you envision for Jamie Robinson early, and do they see him as a projected starter type safety down the road? Maybe. I mean, he's – first of all, I like – talking to him on the zoom the other day he had a real swagger a real edge i wrote a little bit about him this morning in the athletic just that i did kind of a sort of some some leftover stuff from the draft that i hadn't gotten to and he he talked about how sitting there for and it's not like he waited to the seventh round but he waited to the fifth round and he said you know i was pretty upset he said i i don't Looks like we lost Joe Person just for a moment there. Hopefully we can bring him back. All is back. We'll get him back. Just a moment and then finish out what is uh, an interesting Q&A with him given some of the players that they drafted. I think we can agree DJ Johnson was the most criticized selection. Uh, One thing I'm interested in too, and I kind of followed up, it is the dynamic between GM and head coach where Frank Reich maybe did need a tiny bit of convincing on Bryce Young. You know, not a ton, but maybe just a tiny bit of convincing with Bryce Young eventually being the guy 
where Joe Person would label Scott Fitter as a consensus builder. And so it makes sense that eventually they would settle on the Alabama QB. Joe Person, I think we have him back on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Again, make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Joseph Person, writes about the Panthers for The Athletic. Joe, I know you were talking about Jamie Robinson, how fun it was hearing from him on the Zoom. Seems like an interesting character. Yeah, um, sorry about that. I'm oh, not you're sure good. what happened. Um, he's got a real edge to him. He he said that he got a little ticked off sitting there for three days of the draft and wait, you know, till the fifth round to hear his name called. I looked it up, and, and, I'm, and I don't want to compare the two, but Josh Norman had a real edge to him. You know, Coastal Carolina, small school. He got picked in the fifth round with the 143rd pick in 2012. Jamie Robinson goes 145. I just think he's going to come in and at a minimum, I think he's going to be a terrific special teams player. I mean, he, this is a guy who went to Florida state after transferring from South Carolina and led the team in tackles two years in a row. I think he led the Seminoles in interceptions one year. Uh, I think he's an in the box type of guy like Von Bell. So I don't know how much he's going to get on the field defensive field right away. But but he's an intriguing guy, and I think he's certainly going to be like a core special teams player. Well, and Joe, look, I mean, they only picked five players after trading up. There's only so much that you can take care of. With that being said, is there something you felt the Panthers really wanted to address that they did not once the draft was over? I, first of all, this was something I wanted to see them do, and, yeah. they, and I don't think it was ever high on their board. It was such a deep, tight end group, I wouldn't have minded them. Had they traded back, which I think this is what I had, the thing I did in my mock that did not happen, is if they had traded back, picked up an extra pick, and gotten Cameron Latu, who played with Bryce Young in Alabama. I like the tight end position. I understand why they didn't feel real that it was a need to do so. Having signed Hayden Hurst, having reworked Ian Thomas's contract, which which kind of locked them in with him for a couple more years. but something where I do think they had a need was at sort of corner slash nickel. They might make the point that Jamie Robinson plays nickel so that they, they, they kind of scratch that itch there. But um, I don't know. The nickel situation, I put this in my depth chart yesterday. I've, I've heard a little buzz that they might look at Dante Jackson in the slot. I don't know if that will end up happening, but I, nickel – feels to me like one spot. And I know Jeremy Chin's going to play nickel like in big sub packages like Shaq Thompson used to. But but that was corners. I, I thought they might take a corner a third day. Joe, and then when you look at, we talked about the undrafted free agents yesterday. We talked about Rajon Wright of Last Chance U fame. But were there any other uh, undrafted free agents that the Panthers picked up that kind of caught your eye or did Wright catch your eye? What do you think about that? Uh, the guy I've been talking about a lot is Bumper Pool. <laughs> there you go. Just a, he's got the great name that, that's like born for a linebacker. But but this dude like and, and you know tackles sometimes like I get it they can be sort of misleading stats. But when you play in the Southeastern Conference and you have ninety to a hundred plus tackles all four years, you're a player and and. You know, they brought him in for a, a top 30 visit. As you said, Walker, they only had the five picks. So I did, didn't make, you know, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to pick him in the fifth, fourth or fifth round. But um, 
that inside linebacker spot, Frankie Louvu is a, a guy I think is going to has been and will continue to be a chess piece for them. Um, so right now they have. I don't know why my dog is all of a sudden being a real weirdo. Sorry, you might hear. Um, Bumper Pool is my guy among this undrafted free agents, and uh, that, 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 that's let, let's get. I I, I got to hear the the just like I was very interested in asking Chandler Savala about the twenty five pounds of prime rib his father mailed to him at uh, Fairmont State, Montclair State, wherever it was in West Virginia. I definitely got to hear the name origin for Buster Pool. Yeah, we need to know that. We need to know all of the stories. Plus, Jamie Robinson, as Joe mentioned on Twitter, too. Apparently, his neighbor had a Panther beanie when he was drafted, and then he was able to get that. You can check out more on Joe's Twitter timeline. Joseph Person, go follow him. Panthers beat writer for The Athletic. Just dropped something here about the Panthers doing business. A little insight on David Tepper. And also, by the way, he talked about Jamie Robinson having that dog in him. And Joe Person also referenced one of his articles earlier, I believe a couple months ago, he's saying that something was lit. Like, Joe, you have the vernacular down from us young people here. Well, I've got two in college and one one in high school, so I have to try to at least, you know, kind of front. <laughs> <laughs> I have to front a little bit. There you bit, go. I'm sure, I'm sure that phrase is like, if my kids heard me say that, they'd be cringing because it's probably way dated. That's Joe Person joining us right now with the great vernacular from one of the young guns, man. We appreciate it, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Joe. Y'all have a great week. All right. Good stuff there. Once again, we'll put that interview. If you missed any of it, if you just want to hear it again, we'll put it on our website, WFNZ.com. Just click the Wes and Walker tab. We'll have that for you. Not only within the hour, we can even isolate that interview for you if you want to go check it out 100%. Um, We'll have that up for you soon. All right, let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day before we move on. What you got for us, Fitty? I've got a lot of stuff cooking up behind here, but I think the first one, and I think we're going to talk NBA playoffs in the next segment. I think. You never know. Dylan Brooks, though, has been told by the Memphis Grizzlies that he will not return, quote, under any circumstances. Mm, it's so strong. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody telling you that where even with Dylan Brooks, people would try to discuss, hey, he's valuable as a defender. He can be physical. He can try to get into the mind of the opponent. You mess with LeBron James and you lose that badly. You lose that poorly at the end of the first round when you were expected to do big things this season. Any circumstance? Harsh. Very harsh, but also probably welcomed from Grizzlies fans. That's wild, and I thought that they embraced the guy. I thought that he was a guy that was going to be in Memphis for a while, but apparently not. I think, you know, Wes has always wanted us to do social things as mm-hmm. a show. I want us to do the Grizzlies walkout thing we know where they were walking out of the tunnel or whatever and they had the little music oh but i want to be windhorse they they did it on nba today or whatever yeah and he had like the speaker in the background looking awkward so i want to be that guy you want to do that but wes i had an idea that i thought you would be a fan of that i don't think caught any traction just haven't brought it up so busy with the nfl draft but once they drafted bryce young Mm -hmm. i was watching the vanilla ice 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 baby music video and i feel like us three could do that so if we had all three of us doing the dance 
that I'm Vanilla down. Ice was doing it, I know you would be. Can See, you get I, me an I'm, oversized T-shirt? The problem, yeah, Fiddy doesn't want to do it, so maybe we could get or somebody you and I else. Could do it. Yeah, well, I would love that, but there are three people in the music video, so I thought it would work out, and then come out, of course, with a Bryce Bryce baby video. I don't know if you're familiar, but RDC World, they're like these guys online. They do the videos on. You might have seen them when they do the screaming LeBron stuff, like how LeBron reacts to this and that. You familiar with those guys? No, I don't think I've seen. Well, that. They go viral like all the time, and they did one about the Grizzlies losing. And, and it was hilarious because they act like each of the players. Oh, it was so funny. People are so happy that Dylan Brooks <laughs> and the Grizzlies failed. Dude's a fraud. It was so funny. Like, the, this kid started, he was like, uh, the, he was acting like he was John Moran. He's like, anybody know how old LeBron is? And then, like, <laughs> like arguing with each other. It was hilarious. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about the NBA playoffs coming up next. How about James Harden? He delivered in game one against Boston. But the question both Fiddy and Wes are asking, what in the hell is he wearing? Especially during the time of the Met Gala. We'll talk about that coming up next. Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. They're playing basketball. Uh, all around the world. Uh, uh, to the beach, y'all. We are back. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, and Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season. And the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Hit us up on said text line 704-570-9610. Hit up the socials WFNZ Instagram, WFNZ Twitter, and the Wesson Walker Twitter and our individual Twitters. We're putting treats on there for you guys all the time now. You can see the behind the scenes. I'm catching people lacking. All the time. I love catching Walker Lack, and it's turning into one of my favorite things. Yeah, well, we talked about announcing to the room before you start (laughs) recording, and you agreed to it, and then all of a sudden that agreement has kind of gone away the last Well, sometimes I try to see what I can get without announcing, and if I get some good stuff, good organic material, because sometimes if I tell you, you'll be like on, but but if I don't tell you. We've done that. I don't feel like. And I don't, but I I do like the organic sometimes just catching you laughing. Well, what happened was (laughs) Jeff, as he's exiting the studio, Right, we're doing the changing of the guard. Jeff is leaving. He's saying, "Hey, I'm about to meet with Mac and Bone. What should I tell him?" And I was like, "I don't know. 
tell Mac not to turn it down to 55 degrees in the studio. Yeah. And then you're sitting there filming it, and I'm like, wait, I'm glad I didn't say anything crazy, which I wouldn't anyway. Big but I'm Brother's always say, watching, man. Which, by the way, I, I'm sure it's been talked about <laughs> a million times, but it is Fitty and Mac and yeah, anybody that produces. Bear, man. It's, it's so, those guys are so hot-blooded. Yeah. Like, it's if, it's insane. But if I catch something not worthy, it's it's not going up. You can trust that. But you there's going to there's gonna be something no, that you don't catch. They won't. And then you're going to post oh. it. <laughs> and then there's going to be somebody because once you put it on the internet, it goes forever. This is true. And this is why I get a little nervous. This is true. Just an announcement. I think Just like that. a hear ye type of thing. It. All right, man. So Matt Gala was last night. We talked about this today. A celebration of fashion and art and a social gathering and people see how they can one-up each other with fashion. And NBA players have been doing that forever. Folks, if you haven't seen what James Harden wore last night, I, I couldn't believe it. I was speechless. <laughs> that is far and away the worst outfit I've ever seen a player wear since Russell Westbrook wore the thing that looked like he was a security guard like at a at a crossing. Remember when he wore the orange and yellow thing that looked like the security? Yeah, yeah man, that. that was bad too. But NBA players, I, I've said it all the time. I, I used to sit on Locked On. I yeah. get so tired of them wearing the nonsense. And, they, and the first thing they will say to you is, if you were to say something, well, it costs this and it costs that, and it's Prada, it's Gucci, it's Vilon, and all that stuff, it's trash. And if your mother had made you wear any of that type of stuff when you were a kid, you'd be crying, and she would have to drag you out of the car to wear some of that stuff. But I saw one of my old teachers, Coach Richmond, he's texting into the show before, but he posted on Facebook that if you wear an outfit like that, you better drop 40. And guess what, James Harden? Yeah. Yes, sir. He dropped 40. 45 points on 17 of 30 field goals, 7 of 14 from three, and hit the big shot at the end of the game. So he was tremendous. Your thoughts on that game? Your thoughts on that outfit? I mean, James Harden has a real chance to salvage reputation a little bit, especially with Joel Embiid being out. People were making fun of him. Do you see the Max Kellerman and Monica McNutt clip? where they're just clowning, straight clowning James Harden in Philly to the point where people were kind of puzzled as to why they were going that far about it. Yeah, It's not any secret. James Harden needs to play a lot better once they get to the postseason. And, and that's real. Like some of this, some of the player criticism, once you get to the playoffs, it's a little far-fetched. With James Harden, he's had bad moments in the postseason. He's had a lot when they've had a chance to get over the hump. But this is a real shot, especially if Joel Embiid comes back you needed Harden to be the guy one time, at least one time. He was that in a critical game one against the Boston Celtics, the favorite in many people's minds, to go on and win the NBA title. So the fact that he was able to deliver a 40-piece in game one, he hit 10 two-point field goals in this game, only nine in the previous series. He was not playing very well against Brooklyn. Huge monster outing from James Harden, and you hope he can continue some semblance of that when Embiid comes back, and hopefully he comes back soon. And a night where you get 39 from Tatum, 23 from Brown, and Jason Tatum went 14 of 25. Did this change your opinion of the series? Because it does for me. Yeah, it does. I know I'm getting tired of Joel Embiid being hurt, though. I, I mean, know. good Lord. You can count on it every year. Him and Chris Paul, you can set your watch playoff time to them getting injured, unfortunately. I hate it with Joel Embiid a little bit more so because Chris Paul's old. That's something that literally happens every single season. <laughs> the Embiid injuries are almost a little freakish, right? We yeah. can go back to one year where he had an orbitable fracture. 
Uh, of course, if you get hit in the cheek and the eye right close to that area that hard to where you have to wear a mask and you got to miss some time, uh, that what do you do? It's not like this guy has a history of orbital bone fractures, right? right? So that's a freak injury. We can talk about Joel Embiid. I think he had his foot stepped on, very Lamelo-esque, a couple of years ago. I want to see Embiid healthy because I do think he's a warrior. My favorite is the uh, stomach issues. Yeah, Especially when Shannon Sharp would talk about it, say you got a stomach like a baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's true, and yeah. maybe maybe that's fair. I, I don't I don't look at Joel Embiid and think he's soft by any means. No. I don't I don't I don't look at that. I just think there've been freak injuries. Frankly, I don't think that about Chris Paul. I just think that guy is injury prone. We have <laughs> we have enough evidence of him being injury prone and old to where I'm not surprised about him. Uh, that definitely changes my opinion of the series. Not that I thought that Boston was going to absolutely smoke the Sixers, but I think this one's going to be a dog. Fight. Well, I mean, we were having conversations, national pundits were, about, okay, the 76ers just swept Brooklyn, and yet here we are trying to figure out if we feel better about their title chances and even if they swept them, we almost felt a little worse because of the way that series went. And so, yeah, it was kind of weird. I, Fitty, you're you're looking at me. We do need to get to playoff. Fitty, have give him the platform before oh. we move on to Jason Sobel. Go ahead. Oh, now you want to give me my platform because yesterday it was all about Steph Curry and what he did in Game Seven, and that was phenomenal. You just completely did not allow Nick Fitty, a guy that you said you wanted to see. Had the chance to talk about the Knicks. He's looking at, at me home, like I drove that segment. I'm in just game you. one <laughs> against the Miami Heat, literally get screwed. I have watched basketball <clears throat> for over 15 years. I have watched a lot of games in Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is known for having one sided officiating. I have never seen a road team in my life get more calls than the Miami Heat did on Sunday in game one in the Garden, in the Mecca. In the world's most famous arena, with all the stars out and about, a game meant for the Knicks to win and and really set the tone for them going to their first Eastern Conference Finals in over two decades. But that that lovable Jimmy Butler, Mm -hmm. that boring-ass superstar. (laughs) I mean, dude, if you breathed on this guy, it was a foul. Tonight... Send a message. I know he turned his ankle at the end of game one. Dude, the first play of the game, I want I want someone to run through his ass. All right. So real quick, though, before we go to break, <sighs> I need some more of that, though, that that energy. But before we go to break, really quick, are my sons, my championship pick in trouble? I say yeah. no, oh, not no, right they're now. In trouble. They're you think in, so? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're in done. trouble. They don't have any depth. This was always the problem. Mm. You just have to have Devin Booker and KD account for everything. Yeah. Jokic is out there playing like an MVP. Talk about reputation salvaging time. James Harden over on the East. Nicola's got to do some work, too, because we hold these guys when you're in MVP races all the time. Yeah. You've got to have postseason success. Yeah. He's out here doing it. I, I'm very worried about Phoenix. I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to say that they get the two in Phoenix, but we'll see. So when we return on the Wesson Walker Show, Jason Sobel, golf writer of the Action Network, joins us to talk about the Quail Hollow Golf uh, oh Lord. Wells Fargo Championship. Wells Fargo Quail Championship. Hollow. When we return, this is Wes and Walker.